I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to AfterBuzz TV's after show for Penny Dreadful City of Angels. I am your host, Cody Epperson, and I am joined by some wonderful co-hosts. First and foremost, we have Adam Carr. Hello, hello. Hey, what's going on? Awesome episode this week. A lot of love, a lot of intrigue. Throw some Nazis in there. I'm, I'm in. It was great. <laughs> we have Tori Weaver with us as well. Hello, everyone. So glad hey, to talk Shug. to you guys today and really dive into this episode. So let's get to it. And we also have the wonderful Brian Santos. Hello. So excited to be here with you all. This is such a fun show. It was a lot of twists and turns this episode. So excited to get into it. Happy birthday, Brian. And happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And last but certainly not least, we have a special guest with us today who works on the show. Lyric Cruz is with us in our Zoom studio. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for having me. Welcome. Our pleasure. Thank you you for being here. Um, All right, guys, so today we are talking about episode three, Wicked Old World. And um, before we get into it and talk with Lyric about everything, um, I just want to get some overall thoughts. Uh, Adam, how did you feel about this episode? I think it was great. It started off, you know, a little bit with Lewis here and Nathan Lane. We're uh, seeing just a lot of sadness, a lot of um, after uh, last week, you know, with his friends getting shot and killed. uh, We see, you know, things explore more with uh, Sister Molly, what's going on there. Um, Tiago's dealing with uh, kind of like the crossroads that he's at. Um, mostly, I, I love the episode. I mean, it, it just keeps going. And you kind of find out there's a lot of twists that we can talk about later. But um, just overall, uh, Brian, what about you? Loved it. Super excited to have Lyric here with us to talk about that amazing dance number. My dance dancer inside me, it was like screaming. Loved it so much. Loved it. Good. I don't know if that's swing. Not really, because that's more like 50s, right? Is that swing? Um, whatever genre it was, it was amazing. I love seeing it. Um, and yeah, overall, the episode was really good. There was a lot of different moments, especially like moments I always talk about with these kind of show where like you can't look at your phone because like one little like wrong move and then something crazy is going to happen and you're going to miss it. So like I almost missed that last big moment with Councilman Townsend and I was like, oh, okay, that's the, the shirt's coming off. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely interesting to see. So I'm super excited to break into it. Tori, how about you, my love? I am really enjoying how the uh, angel of death has been in every, like every pocket of the show. Like I am really enjoying that. Every time you think that she's done with her master of disguise, Mm -hmm. she pops up with someone else and she's playing each character so well, or each, I guess like persona so well, like it just keeps drawing me in. And like Bryant said, I was living for the dance number. So this was, it was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. It was super cool. Um, that yeah. Speaking of yeah, the dance number like lyric. This episode was amazing. Like th- that whole scene, like just I was smiling the whole time. Please, like, how, tell us about what you're doing, what how you're a part of this, and 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 how you feel about the episode. <laughs> you know, I was um I was one of the principal dancers in the scene. Um, you know, the choreography team was led by Tommy Tong who's worked with Penny Dreadful back in London, and now he's here with John Logan um, working on the show. It was, you know, listen, you know, I've been, I've worked on quite a few sets, but there was something really special about working on this project. First, John Logan, the executive producer, he was, um, he has so many endearing qualities 
that you rarely find from executive producers when you're on a set. And, you know, it was 104 dancers in total, you know, like the best Latin and swing dancers that are in Los Angeles all filmed this scene. So, you know, we were super ecstatic to all work together because we don't get many opportunities where all of us are in the same room working the same project. But um, Tommy and his choreography team, they were, they were so ready for us when we walked into those first rehearsals. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're trying to understand the storyline as we rehearse. You know, we were in pre-production for like 10 days before we started filming. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, it's 104 dancers. There, it, it was a lot of crowd control um, <laughs> at the Crimson Cat. But, you know, it was, um, you know, once we were able to dive into what the scene was and, and you know, the storyline of Penny Dreadful this season is, it's so amazing, you know, how it's highlighting the Chicano culture here in Los Angeles, you know? So um, once you, again, once you're there and you start realizing what you're a part of, this is probably one of the best um, dancings that have ever been created for narrative television. Oh yeah. And, like, and all I could think, I mean, there was so much, I loved it every moment of it, but it was just all I could think is like production wise, like, oh my gosh, there's so many bodies in this, in this. And like the the space and the lights, like it was, it was fabulous. I'm I'm a I am not a dancer, but I'm great at dancing, and I am a sucker <laughs> for good dancers. Like oh my gosh! So like, I was, I, I'm just happy that everyone looked so energetic because you know we filmed for six days and there were like sixteen hour days of mm, six back back to back. Mm. Um, so, you know, by the last day, you know, we were all fighting, but, you know, again, <laughs> the, the, the energy of 104 of us, you know, we really, we were able to keep it up and it was so exciting, you, you know, you guys understand what it is, you know, for me, I've been in the industry since I was nine years old and I'm still fascinated when I get to see the magic come together, you know, mm-hmm. so looking at that dance scene and just the power of it and, and the entrance and then Sebastian Chacon, who's playing Fly Rico, he, you know, he was so scared at first, but we made him so comfortable that he totally went in on it and, and he looked beautiful dancing, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, like every, everyone was so committed and, you know, it was just, it was electrifying to watch, you know? And, and sometimes you you forget when you watch those things like, wow, that's me in that corner dancing, you know? That's surprised by the entire situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I can only imagine being a part of, something like that like I've done stuff on set but like never with that to that just that extreme yeah it was um, a surprise for us it was nice but like and I feel like everything we kind of want to hit kind of stem well one of the things I really want to hit that stems from this is that um Natalie Dormer her character in the show is in she is oh my gosh her name is Rico in this scene Mm -hmm. or it's not Rico Rio Rio yeah (laughs) her name is Rio and um, it was just such a fun reveal that like, oh, here she is again. And now she has right. four different characters in the show. Mm-hmm. I can't even, I'm not even sure who all of them are anymore. But Same. Um, <laughs> like I, I have, I, I checked IMDb just to double check. There, she has four different character names and I kind of am getting the mix up who's who now. But um, I kind of wanted to open that up to you guys. Like, like she might like her character must have like as her main self like as this angel of death she must be like there's got to be some she's she's stirring many pots and she's cooking something so um <laughs> uh tori tell me what you think about natalie and all her different characters and how they're all going to come together 
it's a lot going on. And like you said, she, any corner that she's in, she's stirring the pot. And I'm just like, girl, this is not going to end well. But then that's the point. So I guess it's ending well for you, but not for everybody else. I mean, like you said, I don't really, it's easier to remember who her person is when she's adjacent to someone. So like, I can't really remember mm-hmm. the names either. But when she's with um, Dr. Kraft, I'm like, girl, you about to go into this man's house with his wife and kids. Stirring up the pot. I don't like that. I don't like that. So I was like, ooh, that's going to be a mess. When she was um, Rio, she was, re- I like, first of all, when she was Rio, I like how she like went into her backstory of like where she comes from and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just to kind of address the elephant in the room. Yes. I think a lot of people were kind of like, girl, why are you like, here? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> was, I was thinking that. I was like, yeah, uh... but I like how they like found a way for it to go into the, like flow into the conversation. I thought that was really nice. And also just kind of, I guess she was in a way pushing like, um, gender boundaries and stuff like that because the police officer mm-hmm. kind of called her out for it and I was like hey you don't do that anymore um so I was like, it's not cool like I don't like that but again it's a period piece or whatever but and then when she's with the uh the council member she also has that she's also stirring the pot there and I was like girl I definitely think like we're starting to see what her master plan is and it's it's going to be a mess. Like it's going to be a big mess involving yeah. every single person. And I think that's going to be so interesting when like all of them are together and then all herselves like disappear. That's going to be mm-hmm. next level. Are you next? Mm-hmm. Right. Adam, what are your thoughts on, on Natalie and all her characters? By the way, their names are Magda, Alex, Elsa, and Rio. Those are her four people. Ooh. Those are coincidentally my fantasy names as well. Um, <laughs> so, what I, uh, Natalie Dormer is absolutely amazing. I'm so glad that we live in 2020 now where you get a show like this that shows broader representation. Um, and the fact that like, I just feel like if this was 10 years ago, a man would be playing this role. They would have figured out, oh, and now I'm like, no, let's, there's so many brilliant, you know, actresses out there that, and she's embodying that. It's amazing. Um, I think the fact that she's, like, like you said, Tori, like kind of stirring the pot at each end, um, you know, I, I was kind of, I, I actually really liked her as Rio because I'm like, oh, at least she's telling them all like band together. And like, I was like, oh, that sounds good though, right? They should have each other's backs and everyone should be supporting each other. But uh, you also know that it's coming with, you know, a little side of death and uh, grief <laughs> and, you know, really something pretty terrible. Um, but I think Natalie Dormer is absolutely amazing. Um, but the characters she plays every episode, I mean, it really is, this is her show. She's, you know, she's the spine throughout this whole thing. And at each stage, at each scene, each different character, uh, she's sprinkling in, you know, the seeds for anarchy. I think it's pretty awesome. Brian, what about you? Love it. I, what I love about her too, is that the fact that every character is different, like definitely you can tell when, she, of course, she's going to the other character. Um, I do love, I did love, especially with Rio, how I almost didn't even recognize her. Like, I like it looked like her, and I was like, "Oh, is that her again? Like, is she playing another character?" And then she was, you know. So it was so interesting to see that. And I 100% agree with you, Tori, the fact that they weaved in her backstory because I feel like they haven't done that with any of the other characters she's played so far. Is set up her backstory, why she's here, what does she have to do with any of these other characters? So I love that. And you know, let's shout out to the chat real quick because Nas was saying he saw the spark between Rico and Mateo just while we're on the topic, and you know, we oh. saw that. <laughs> So we're all here for it. I think it was really, really promising this episode, and I know we'll talk about that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that will that'll be our next topic. Um, <laughs> Lyric, how do you feel about uh, Natalie Dormer and her many, many masks and hats she wears? Well, in you the know, show? being able to to see her work her magic on set 
was, you know, you feel very privileged when you get to see an actor do their thing like that. You know, she had this, this incredible mystique to her, even when she was walking into the rehearsals, like she was really in the zone of, of real, you know, which is all, you know, what I've seen her work, right? But she was, um, she was so in it and, and, and it was like watching a masterclass, you know, like this, this mm. woman is really amazing, you know? And Tori, to what you were saying about, you know, all the gender bending and how he kind of calls out the gay character or whatever, the police officer, while we were filming, he kept on saying, Guys, I'm so sorry. I have to keep saying this line. I have to keep saying this line. <laughs> I, I keep saying it. And, and you know, I, honestly, I think the first time he said it, everybody in the cast, we kind of were like. You know, <laughs> I was, I sat back. I was like, was, he did you know, not we, just we, we were not expecting that, you know? But yeah, um, but yeah it, the, the show is, is shedding a lot of light on a lot of great things that, that you know, it's so needed right now. It, it's nice. But Natalie has been amazing. She looks amazing and her work is just stellar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love her. I'm really enjoying it. And I, I really I today, especially like the with Rio's reveal, I just thought that was so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but since it was brought up in the chat, we have <laughs> to discuss this now. I Mateo and um and Fly Rico, I swear there is so much chemistry <laughs> between them. Like, I'm sorry, Mateo shows up at this club. Mm -hmm. is like looking for him and even at the beginning of the episode when he when we open up on the brother oh my gosh let's talk about the brother who's alive um <laughs> so i was distracted by something else <laughs> um, he's talking to the brother and he says that um he was like oh he's like fred astaire like he just thinks he's so he just thinks so highly of fly rico mm -hmm. and then like he goes there and he like they see each other through the crowd yes. and they cut through the dance floor. <laughs> and then they start dancing together. Oh my good. Like I have feels for days with these two. Um, <laughs> Brian, please tell me your feels. Yes, I am just echoing everything you said. It was so perfect. <laughs> I loved it. And at the same token, I loved how it was just a little nuanced. Like it definitely wasn't like, you know, super in your face about it. Like they're just like hinting at these little droplets, which I absolutely love. Um, because, you know, we kind of saw that little first encounter last episode and we were like, oh my God, is there something there? And then obviously there is now something there as well. So um, I think they really set it up with that police officer, like you said, Lyric, where he really emphasized like what was happening in the room. So I loved how they do, did that. That was definitely super interesting. And I just want to see more of them because like I'm in love with them already. And yeah. <laughs> well, it, guys, it, it was great to spend 10 days with them on set. Yeah, wow, like over and over and over. <laughs> I love the thing that was like so interesting about this episode. I love how you said it, Cody, because he mentioned that he reminded him of Fred Astaire, and yesterday was actually Fred Astaire's birthday. So I was like, did they know that was going to happen? Oh, right. Like, I was, I was kind of shook. I was like, wait, did they plan this? Like, of all people to say, they say Fred Astaire. And shameless plug, after Buzz, me, I wrote an um, article about him for his birthday. So you can go yes, check it out. Please. <laughs> yes, Knowing, we'll have to. Calling John Logan and the man is just brilliant. I'm mm -hmm. sure that he did that purposely. Yeah. I kind of like, a part of me kind of felt like it was very intentional because that's just not a name that you just throw out there just because, you know what I mean? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was so interesting that they said it on the anniversary of his birthday. I was like, you know what? It's the attention to detail that really gets you. Yes. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it's just so interesting. How about Adam? How did you, like, what are your senses on this whole dynamic between Rico and Mateo? 
Uh, you know, it's funny. I picked up very lightly on what you're talking about. So now I want to go back to <laughs> chemistry in those scenes. I feel like Mateo is like we saw in the beginning, you know, he's talking to the older brother whose name I'm blanking on right now. I apologize. Raul. Um, Raul, thank you. Um, Mateo is so looking, he's so lost right now. He just wants to belong. He wants to fit in. And I feel like any person, anyone who just gives him a wing to kind of hide under from the storm, that's who he's going to seek refuge in. So I feel like he, he just wants to, he wants to feel safe. He wants to feel like he fits in. He wants to feel like he belongs. Um, and I think Rico's doing that. I mean, Rico's pretty cool. I, I totally mm -hmm. get it. I mean, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'd hang out with Rico. I don't think I'd be cool enough to hang out with Rico, but I, I, <laughs> I, I, I... Uh, Lyric, what's your take on on the on what I think is their chemistry? <laughs> well, you, know, you know, the scene was definitely designed where Fly Rico. That's kind of um, bringing him in is like his initiation. You know, like acknowledging him, and they're there. The bachucos are hanging out, and now you came to look for us, and we're inviting you in. You know, but um. I, I, it definitely didn't read in rehearsal the way it read uh, when I saw it last night. Like, <laughs> really fierce, you know? Yes. I, I, was like, I was like, that, um, you, you know, that squint in the eye was special, you know? So who knows where it's going to go? Yeah. And, you know, and it's so funny. Like, we're saying, we're sitting here, or at least me and Brian are sitting here saying that we see something, something. Yeah. <laughs> but, Honestly, like there might just be, it might not even be a thing. Like they better not swerve us. I will be pissed. I'm, no, I'm right there with you. I'm gonna be hella mad if they don't. Fight. Oh, excuse me. If they don't, if that's not, it doesn't end up being a thing. But at the same time, I could totally see them just being like, oh, yeah, they're yeah. they're not they're not that because now we have um, Councilman Townsend who apparently um, uh, broke back Townsend. Broke. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's for that uh, team. That's for the team. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know that actor, and hopefully in a couple of weeks here we can we'll have him uh, guest on the show. But I remember maybe six or eight months ago. I think he said he had booked this gig, and he was like, "Oh, by the way, he's like, uh, he's also, um, you know, th there's some scenes that you'll definitely oh. check out that are very interesting." And I was like, oh, I, "I wonder what that means." But now I'm like, oh wow, nice. <laughs> No, he's uh, he he gave some looks in that scene. I gotta tell you, but um, <laughs> I don't know if you figured out, but that's I think that's what his secretary, uh, when he was like working out in the calisthenic gym, whatever, and she was talking about like his diet, oh, yeah. which you know we took to mean mm -hmm. like carbs and sugar. Like you need to not, you need to be a good boy. But clearly, she was also saying, no, I didn't catch boy. that. Shut the like, front door and the back you, door. Oh my god. Yeah, she's, yeah, <laughs> she was like. You need Don't to give your involved. enemies more ammunition. Yeah, which typically in politics it always means someone's closet and no one knows about it. And then they always try to use that as, you know, something. But um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's pretty interesting because it's always, yeah, th those are always the worst ones who make the most oppressive laws and pass for stuff that no one else can do it. And usually it's, you know, out of fear, self-loathing and mm -hmm. just self-hatred. So uh, yeah. What a great character. He got in bed with the Nazis and he hates who he is. And at the same time, every piece of effort that he's mounting for Los Angeles is just making it worse. It's adding to the mm -hmm. divide, which I mm -hmm. think is a palpable uh, feeling that everyone can identify with right now that we don't necessarily feel as united or as strong 
maybe in this country right now that we're kind of all being pitted against, well, they're doing something, well, they're doing something, well, so-and-so over here is doing something. I don't think they're, you know, in our best interest. And I think we're all learning that when everyone sticks to their own side, uh, we tend to get our asses kicked and everything sucks. <laughs> Tori, uh, <laughs> to you. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, it's just, it's literally making everything worse. And of course we know that like his, you know, right-hand woman, is not really doesn't really have his best interest anyway so it's just kind of like this is just going to crash and burn like you already know it's going to happen well i think it's going to happen it might surprise me but i doubt it because he's just stirring the pot everywhere so it's just kind of like because a part of me feels like he is like a part of me feels like he believes that what he's doing is right and he just it's just not it's just not giving that it's just not giving that and then when he was working out was he really working out? It looked like he was just standing there and the machine was like working out. You know, what was that? I was like, where did he even <laughs> that... find that? That was, honestly, I was sitting there staring at it like, what type of machine is that? He's not even really doing anything, but I think that was me getting distracted. <laughs> that machine's like, I don't know what it's actually called, but it like jiggles you and it supposedly like makes you like lose weight. Um, they have like thing. modernized ones that you just stand on and it like shakes your whole body. But um, Not like a shake weight. Not oh, like, yeah, <laughs> not like a shake weight. That's like a shake weight. Okay, that was yeah, uh, that also was there was a moment. Um, just real quick, did anyone else kind of pick up? There was like a, a moment at dinner where uh, Councilman Townsend drops the C word, which I thought was amazing for American television. Anytime they can do that, because uh, I feel like the Brits really took that for a while and they're like, we're gonna say it because we don't care. And Americans are like, oh, we're too scared. Um, <laughs> but uh, when Townsend leaves, because he's clearly freaked out by the Nazis who say like, you know, when we're marching down Sunset Boulevard, you know, whatever, you're either gonna be under our boot or you're gonna be by our side. And Natalie Dormer kind of turns to the Nazis as they're laughing and joking. And she goes, you guys aren't really as smart as you think you are. And like walks away. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just a cool moment where she's just like, I've already seen the future. I'm using you guys right now as a as a path to more power, um, but it's not going to happen. And I, it did make right. me feel kind of good because I'm like, oh, good. At least, you know, Nazis are going to die. I know. And I was so sad. My man, Dominic Sherwood, is a Nazi. Like, come on, Shadowhunter. Don't be a Nazi. Like, <laughs> I can't deal. <laughs> I, I actually, that's so funny you bring him up because I, um, I Googled him today. I was like, hmm, who is this man? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I found out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so speaking of Nazis, though, we have Detective. Oh, his name is on the tip of my tongue. Lewis. Thank you. Detective, that's yeah. not a hard name. Detective Lewis <laughs> um, is getting a little deeper into his investigation of the Nazis, and he finds that his friends were murdered, and then he kidnaps that guy and threatens mm -hmm. to throw him off a cliff, and we learn the name Warner Von Braun. Um, uh, how do you, uh, Tori, please, tell me what do, you, what do you think about this, his new development in his case? Well, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little shook. Like, I knew that, <laughs> of course, we know that he's a, a detective, but when he took the guy to the cliff and basically almost beat his face in, I was like, mm -hmm. I did not think you had this in you. You know, he's a the sorry, he's a detective that is like, you know, standing up for everyone, you know, mm -hmm. on the morally good side. And that's not saying that morally good people can't like have a good right hook, but it just really <laughs> threw me off. And I was like, wait, what is going on? And I was like, I mean, 
I think especially seeing his um his partners or friends or whatever after learning about their death, I think he just kind of like it hit home in a different type of way. And he was like, if nobody else is going to move this process along, I sure as hell will. So it, it, it still had me shook, but I wasn't surprised because I'm like, I can only imagine the pent up emotion that all of these things brings. Like eventually when you're working in that department, you're going to have a case that hits home to yourself. Like I can only like I can only imagine I knew it was without time um, that he was going to have something that was like, OK, you know what? Enough is enough. And I need to get to the bottom of this right now. So it was, it, it was a lot of blood, but yeah. yeah it messed it, up that guy's me, face. Mm-hmm. It had me a little shook. Plus, yeah, Detective Lewis right. definitely has a little uh, darker side to him. And he doesn't always, he definitely doesn't play by the rules. Like he took those bullets from the corner and was like, don't mm-hmm. tell anybody about this, at least for a few days. So um, he's got, a, he's got a, a, a side to him that we're, gonna, we're starting to see more of. Plus, oh, and, these, and, these, and these storylines keep intensifying more and more. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah. I'm not ready. <laughs> I just want to say, too, at the end of that, Nathan Lane had a great line with that kid because the kid was like, this has been a really bad week for me. And he's like, kid, I've had a bad week. And I'm, you know, I'm a Jew. That's saying something like it was so <laughs> Nathan Lane being classic Nathan Lane. Just love it. I was by so way, confused, by the way, while, you, while you're on the topic, because I thought he was speaking... Wait, I'm so confused. Maybe I'm, I'm, I don't want to like. He was put my foot in my mouth. He was speaking German, right? German, right? Well, there were a lot when of. When he ripped Jewish off his collar. Yeah, that's what I was saying, right? I was like, at first I thought he was like playing the other side and he was a Nazi. And then when he said he was a Jew, I was like, so like my head was like upside down because I was like, what's happening? So I was confused in that moment, in that moment but. <laughs> By the way, uh, they talk about Werner von Braun. Just want I'm gonna say real quick, I was looking up Warner Magnus Maximilian Freher von Braun was a German and later American aerospace engineer and space architect. He was the leading figure in the development of rocket technology in Nazi Germany and a pioneer of rocket and space technology in the United States. So this guy probably had an idea that like, you know, Nazis were gonna put the first man on the moon or something, I guess. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. Okay, and then another development is um, Sister Molly and Detective yeah. Santiago. They are just so smitten for each other. Um, yes. Adam, tell me how you feel about that whole development. Well, I feel really good about it, Cody, which makes me nervous. Television <laughs> shows once you feel good about something, that person has to die. So exactly. my guess is something's going to happen to Sister Molly. Um, there, you know, uh, having fun. He won her that Popeye doll, which of course, Amy Madigan, no, not Amy, uh, I think Amy Madigan, yeah, her, her mom, when she goes back later, sings on Popeye the Sailor Man and that creepy Yeah, song. that was so freaky. The light, turns off the one light in the living room. That's so And she just sat in the darkness. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was like, like, so she's just gonna sit in that? Like, yeah. What the hell? What the hell was that? So anyway, that was creepy. And then they kissed. And then you saw that creepy lurch guy chauffeur following them. So I'm like, well, this guy's clearly going to do something at one point. And then I looked at her and I'm like, well, she's going to die. And then I'm like, oh, it's her. I'm sure they're all probably involved, which as Lewis told us, Detective Lewis, uh, looks like Sister Molly might have been uh, getting a little canoodling on with uh, Mr. Hazlitt. Oh, I yeah. know I was so sad about that. I wanted her to be good. Like and maybe she is good it's still. I'm sure we're gonna get some kind of development. But when they do that in there, I was like, God, she's exactly who they thought she was, you know? So I don't <laughs> think 
it's again this like you were saying Adam this whole like you know roller coaster so I feel like they're making us think she's not likable but then she is going to be likable and then maybe she's going to die and then I'm just going to be upset but yeah when she was there with Tiago I was like come on sister like get it girl like Lori <laughs> <laughs> how about you um it was it was interesting like I want Santiago and Molly to work out for I don't know why because we just met them so I don't know why I'm so invested but <laughs> like Adam said I don't get like too invested with any character since I lost Ned Stark. Like I just cannot attach myself <laughs> to characters anymore because we see mm-hmm. how that worked out. But I was actually surprised that they kissed only because, you know, I think in the last episode, Molly was talking about how she has everybody following her and making sure her virtue is intact and things like that. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure if they're trying to protect their virtue, you can't just be out here kissing anybody that you please. So I was kind of, I was like, Molly, ooh, like, now the date okay okay we can do the date but the kissing you already know this is going to stir up some problems because I it just it just I knew it was going to be an issue and then when her mom was sitting in the dark I was like girl that is weird um Uh like okay sit in the dark for suspense you know you don't want her to know that you're there but the fact that she turned off the light after I was like I mean but we all know just sitting here in the dark so now this is awkward like should I just walk away should I turn (laughs) off the light again so I can see like are you just going to sit here all night? What are you going to do? Usually I feel like in movies or whatever, we kind of see that whole like parents sitting in the dark waiting up for their child thing. They'll like go back upstairs after they're done, you know, reprimanding them or whatever. So the fact that she turns light back off, I was like, <laughs> I guess you can sit here in the dark if you want to, but I'm going to go to my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her mom's creepy. That was so strange that she literally just like turn the light off and be like, all right, I did what I needed to do. Um, Lyric, how are you invested in this Molly and Santiago relationship at all? Or I'm not, inv- I'm not invested yet, but you know, just overall, I, I love how, you know, there's just so many storylines that are pushing envelopes, but, but they're pushing envelopes with purpose. And that's what I'm excited mm-hmm. for what you keep seeing in the development of the series. Oh yeah. Uh, it does, and I agree with you. I think they, they definitely, it's nothing's there just for the sake of doing it. Like there's a reason behind every decision. It's very intelligent television. Yeah. And then in their little interaction, that. we learned that Santiago actually had a sister and a brother who passed away from cholera. I thought that was, I don't know how important that is, but I just thought it was an interesting little find. <laughs> see that's one of those look at your phone moments because i missed that completely <laughs> i might have looked at my phone and not heard that because <laughs> right was, that I heard happens and i was like oh okay but <laughs> yeah he like very like casually was like oh yeah like my sister and uh, they both passed away and i was like Her? right yeah. um, i just feel like that that feels very like oddly apropos of now that like one day the, the kids now, like anyone from ages, you know, three to 12 will be walking around as an adult saying, oh yeah, like, like, you know, either I got Corona or someone else did. And, you know, I lived and they didn't. I just feel like there's so many weird cases right now where they don't necessarily know what causes what genetic factors. There's nine year old people getting it who are getting better. Um, forgive me for talking about like current stuff right now, but it, it just kind of <laughs> felt weird where I was like, oh, right. Like cholera. That's something you think of from like the, you know, early 1900s but I'm like oh mm-hmm. corona will be like our cholera like one day mm-hmm, and we're right. you know we're in the 20s so now it, it'll be happening like it just it, it feels weird how it feels completely at a time and something where you're like I, I couldn't really identify with that it's another time he's another person from another side I, I don't necessarily understand it but there's these moments where you go oh I feel like I can completely 
understand what they're talking about right now because there's uh, I feel like uncertainty and everything like that you know that's kind of universal when it comes to just human life in general mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah it's 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 a it's a crazy world we live in and apparently it's always been crazy Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys, we, I, I don't know about you. I'm ready to hear from Lyric and I want to get as much information out of him as possible. Like what you went through, what you did. Um, please elaborate on if you, do you guys have questions that I'm sure that you have to ask him? Cause I want to hear how your experience was. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can just like kick off with that dancing. Cause honestly, that was, that was probably one of my favorite scenes from this series so far. I mean, I know we're only like oh, three yeah. episodes in, but I mean, the way that it was performed, the way that it was filmed, the costume arrangement, like it was honestly like just a beautiful part of the episode. So I definitely, I think we will all want to um, hear just about what that was like behind the scenes, the preparation, just any detail that mm-hmm. you are willing to share, we are willing to hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, the choreographer, Tommy Tong, I'm going to tell you, I think he's, um, it's my first time working with him, but um, he was brilliant with the research that he did to create mm-hmm. this scene inside the Crimson Cat. Um, I love how he wanted, you know, well, you could tell they're aiming for such authenticity in, in, in every community that they're representing in the series. And, you know, and, and sometimes you could see some of those things get watered down, but he was so adamant about this being so particular to the time period to the dance style that that existed in these clubs in this era, you know? Um, so just seeing the way that he, that he puzzled all of this together and the research that he did was, was really awesome, you know? And, you know, you really respect when you, when you walk into a situation like that and the creatives just, they really did their, their homework, you know? And, and they didn't want anything to be winged. Like every single dancer was choreographed in that scene. Oh. It, it, it looks like it's a free-for-all, but it is not. It is like he strategically choreographed all 104 dancers. Wow. Interesting. Dang. That is crazy. I remember I was telling them in previous episodes how I kind of, every time I watch this series, I feel like it's like a dark, twisted West Side Story. So when they were <laughs> dancing, I was like, look at this. Another <laughs> West Side Story. <laughs> but, yeah, and you know, and we're, and we're back for episode nine and 10. There's also more huge things going on at the Crimson Cat later on in the series. I can, that makes me excited for those episodes. Cause like I said, that dance number, like that sold me. I was like, I'm here. I'm present. Yeah. (laughs) It it, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. And and the work that he did was great. Um, you know, when you get to work on, on anything, that's a period piece it's always really nice because you're really, you know, you're walking into a full fantasy you know mm-hmm. and um and and it, it they they just did beautiful work you know I, i'm really proud to be part of the project i love that you mentioned that you, it was like a big of course a big number of dancers uh, what was like the audition process like i just want to know from like a dancer perspective <laughs> well fortunately for me you know i'm a bit of a veteran nowadays yes so, <laughs> when i okay. when i found out when i found out about the project i was um I, I, I wasn't around for the auditions, but you know, I asked my agents if they could just go ahead and submit. You know, I, I, I still wanna see if I had a chance to get in because I, once I caught wind of what they were doing and what they were creating, I, you know, for me, I know it's, I don't normally do much work as a dancer anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, I, that really catches my attention. And what they're doing with this show was so impressive to me that I really wanted to be a part of it. And 
fortunately, Tommy saw my little dance clip of me doing what I do and what I've been doing for years. And, and he was game, you know, and they brought me in, you know, like um, the dancers had all been casted for about three months. Um, mm. And they casted me like a week before the rehearsal started. Oh, so, wow. Look at you. Yes. Is this your main style? Um, well, you know, I, I'm technically trained. I, I did the whole, I'm an art school kid. But, you know, yes, Latin, <laughs> you know, Latin choreography is something that, um, that you know, I, I really specialize in. I'm Puerto Rican from Chicago. So, you know, uh, it, um, you know, anytime that there's a Latin project in Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of all of them. And fortunately, last year, being part of, you know, filming Penny Dreadful and working on In the Heights have been like huge highlights for, for last year. Amazing. That's so cool. And Lyric, uh, for the series itself, is it linear or non-linear? Like, will season two be at all connected to what this is, or is it a totally separate storyline? Do you happen to know by any chance? I don't know. I don't know because, you know, like everyone was wondering if this was going to have any connection to the previous series that they mm-hmm. had. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's the same idea, but totally, you know, it's, it's a whole, di- it's a different show, you know? So I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, how he sees, you know, this could probably be an ongoing thing because, you know, um, from the way the producers explained to us how they started building this, he really wants to expose what happened in Los Angeles and how the, the division of these communities happened, you know? So it might be something that he wants to, dive into and continue on with the story you know um i know that the show's getting great reviews so i'm i'm mm-hmm. i'm really hopeful that they they get the second season yes more dance numbers <laughs> please. yes please well more like, dance numbers more more culture you know more absolutely creativity, yeah. more more representation you know the uh, you know i'm telling you i i i have not been this impressed on a project in a long time and it was just a beautiful space to be in with seeing everyone represented. You know, it, it, was, it was really dope. It was really nice to see. Love that. Yeah. And like, I guess like, not that, like I said before, I'm not a dancer, but I'm like an, I'm like an actor that moves well. Okay. And so like growing <laughs> up, like I did musical theater and like I would be in dance numbers on stage. How, how I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like how what is the difference between like doing being on a stage or behind someone or on a dance floor and like to do a dance number as um intricate as what you guys did on camera where they have mm. to constantly like cut, keep going, pick up from here? Like, how was all that? <laughs> well, you know, for the veterans, it's a piece of cake, if you know, <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but you, you know, I think, um, you know, again, in, in projects like this, it's also, I love how the age demographic that they worked with was wide range, you know? And, um, and I, I think, you know, the kids, the kids were a bit impressed how much stamina the veterans still have just because we know how to do this already. And, and we know when the camera's on us and we know when it's not. So we know when to pick up the pace and whatnot. And when that split second, you feel that brush of energy and you know you got to go full out. So, you know, uh, we, some of us build the sixth sense, you know, when, when you're, <laughs> you're on set. And you just know when you got to turn on, you know, to the full out extent. That is, I can't, cause like, literally, that was like the first thing I, like I said, watching the show, I was like, oh my gosh, like that must be so hectic to be a part of that did i cut out there for a second 
you did, but it's okay. You're back. You didn't want to see your face anymore. I will like, tell you, bye. you know, the, the rehearsal process was intense and it was mm-hmm. long. And, you know, um, you know, and good old Hollywood is hurry up and wait for a lot of it, you know. But I'm, yeah. but Tommy and his team, they, again, they were all, they, they had it so together that it was super productive. But, you know, we, we got in there at six in the morning and we left at nine o'clock at night and we Dang. danced all the way. Through. Oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's what it takes to be able to create a scene like that, you know, to yeah. be able to sell the fantasy with, with that kind of intensity and that type of power, it takes that type of work, you know, so it was well worth it. Yeah, well, your so rehearsal funny. processes, um, just to, I guess, just to ask the question, because I know you guys come back for uh, episode nine and 10, you said. Uh-huh. So you guys learned all of those numbers in that one rehearsal process for those episodes and then you guys kind of like or was it spread out it was spread out it's separate my thing, goodness yeah, oh my yeah so, so yeah we, re- we rehearsed for 10 days for what we did in episode three okay. then oh wow we, then we rehearsed for seven days for what's going to be in nine and ten because mm-hmm. <laughs> i know like sometimes i am also an art school kid and trained to dance and sometimes they will really have you learning four to five dances in them 10 mm-hmm. days and you have to remember yeah. every one of them so i really wouldn't have been surprised if you were like yep in these 10 days we learned every number that we had. Yeah, to listen, you know, and, and not to put put anybody out there like that, but you know, a few people crashed and burned, you know, because it, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was tough, you know. But uh, but you know, again, for for me, those those are the kind of projects that are exciting. You know, throw mm-hmm. it all at me, give me give me everything. You know, I want to learn it all. So you know, for mm-hmm. me, it was great. I loved it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's always fun. Like especially, I think uh, for the most part, we're all pretty much like artists entertainers mm-hmm. like it's just if you can learn anything anywhere to hone your skills like you got to just do it and i give a lot of <laughs> i give a lot of props to the actors because the actors weren't they're not really dancers or have any type mm. of dance training oh and um the level of vulnerability that they have to have in front of a hundred dancers right mm-hmm. oh my god yeah <laughs> so like, dancers <laughs> Yeah, we made sure that we gave them a pat on the back and, you know, like, encourage them because that's kind of terrifying, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you know that, you know, you're a star of a show, but you're not a dancer, and you're in this huge dance sequence with 100 dancers staring at you. But they were great. They, they were awesome. And Natalie was the one that really, I was, I, I'm so amazed by her after seeing her work on set, you know? I'm so amazed because she, the girl goes in, you know, she yeah. is <laughs> That's so cool. And like, I can't like, I've done stuff. I've been like extras on shows before, but like, I've never like actually like been so close to somebody so big. So like, that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it was, she's awesome. Um, you guys, I don't know how much time left. Oh, we have five minutes left. Um, let's <laughs> talk about, um, our, let's just jump into predictions real quick, right? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> So, like, they gave us a lot, especially in the last, like, three minutes of the show. They gave us, like, a solid, like, they gave us these, like, little vignettes of, like, like, Mateo got his little tattoo, mm-hmm. and we saw Mayor Townsend, and it was, um, it was hectic. So, you guys, um, uh, Adam, please tell me, like, what your predictions are, what you're seeing in the future. Well, I'll tell you what, Cody, I'm predicting a lot of death, destruction, and uh, <laughs> just overall bad oh, things. Oh, dang. Uh, 
I mean, uh, Councilman Townsend, he's got some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's with his <laughs> boys on his downtime. That's okay. It's his private time. so what he's allowed to do. You know, just not socially accepted uh, back then with a lot of people. Uh, then uh, you got Sister Molly. She's clearly connected to Hazlitt. She was having an affair with him, most likely, from everything that we kind of presupposed and found out. There was a mansion purchased in Malibu with church money. Oh, yeah. Tax. Check it mm-hmm. out. Clearly connected to that. Um, you're basically finding out that every person who's in a position of power is dirty and every person who should be good is dirty. Um, and then Tiago, <laughs> who we're rooting for the whole time, you know, he put a bullet in his brother's brain. So he's got some, you know, he's, he's dealing with some stuff as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of misfortune. I think there's going to be a lot of pain, but um, you're going to see it all forged out and become part of, again, you know, the history of Los Angeles. I think it's very cool what Lyric said before, we're learning how these communities were built. We're learning who decided to build motorways, where, how we, you know, transition people. Like, look, I grew up in Cleveland. You know, I'm very used to a downtown area that has sucky transportation and makes it so that you can't get downtown. That was designed for a reason so that you don't encourage business to go certain places. Um, So I'm going to see how it keeps going. Tori, what about you? I definitely think that we're going to see, I always call her the goddess of like, less death the one that's in the oh, light because yeah. we didn't uh-huh. see her this episode and I still kind of feel like the brother that I don't say like came the brother that recovered from his injury yeah. I still feel like there's um there's something tied to that like I don't really think that he's just allowed to kind of get up and walk freely because he was kind of brought back to life by the help of that goddess or angel of less death um so I kind of want to see like the, I don't know if this is predicted but I definitely would like to see this kind of if he kind of has this like moral, I mean, mortal death, or I mean, sorry, mortal death um, to that angel or something like that. Like, I just kind of feel like there's something else there or maybe the mom, we didn't see her in this episode either. So maybe like she oh has God, to do yeah. something. So I definitely think we're going to like get into that because just something's just not telling me that he's just going to, you know, get up, the, get out the bed and just start walking and everything's going to be fine. Like how he was before. So I think I want to see that. Um, I think that's, I don't know, it's hard to make predictions for the show because everything just like flips upside down in every episode. Uh-huh, so you never yeah. know what's going to go on. But I definitely think we're going to see these corners that the angel of death is um, throwing the pot in just kind of strengthen. I don't know if it's going to come to a head in the next episode, but we're definitely going to see these kind of like groups of people uh, rally together in their own respective corners, kind of strengthened by numbers, strengthened by spirit and hope, and then kind of come together in a sense so I think that's I think that's what we're going to see next yeah Brian what are your predictions I don't know if this is a prediction or if this is just really like totally off the wall like my own weird (laughs) imagination but something is telling me that there's going to be a connection between Councilman Townsend and Mateo and Rico and it's not just because they're all gay um (laughs) there's gonna be I'm right there with you I'm right there with you I really this is like a really weird thought in my head I want like Mateo and Rico to use like this allure they have over him or like this allure that they have to like convince him to do something else I don't know like maybe I'm watching too much freeform um but (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's what's gonna happen um and then shout out to our friends in the chat to Nas and Taylor they say what I actually was thinking as well um that this the original Petty Dreadful had a lot of more supernatural elements so I do want to see more of that I feel like like especially this Mm -hmm. episode we hardly saw any of that so I definitely want to see more of that supernatural aspect and how it kind of flips things upside down like you said Tori so that's my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm right there with you, Brian. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a sec. Lyric, <laughs> how about you? Does any, do you 
I don't know if you know more that's to come or <laughs> if you can predict, but what are your, what are your future, what's your future vision telling you? No, you know, I know quite, uh, quite a bit of what's about to happen. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it there. So, because I, I, he's I listening to our right. predictions. Like, yeah, he's, wrong. he's like, mm. that's not going to happen. <laughs> he's like, you're crazy. <laughs> but right. now it is going to get super interesting. You know, again, it's very, in, it, it's, it's intelligent television. So awesome. you're in for a good one. I am. Um, so yeah. Brian, I agree with you. I do think that Mayor Townsend is going to somehow come together in that sense with Rico and Mateo. I have a weird little thing where that cop who came in and busted them that Rico knows, I think because we think Rico's gay, that that cop is secretly gay. And oh, that's going to... Uh, and then that's it with City Hall. I think that's how it's going to all tie in together. Mm, there's a foursome. There we go. This is, you know, showtime. It's not freeform. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think that... I don't think Sister Molly is as guilty as they're making her out to be. I think we'll, we'll, I, I think that'll unravel this whole mystery with the Malibu mansion, I think is gonna really unleash a whole new thing. Um, the mom is obviously, she, she might even be less crazy than we think she is, except she's kind of a creep. And then um, who else is there? The older brother, Raul, who was revived, I think, I think he, because when the beginning, when the brother was like being like, oh yeah, you did this, you did this, and Shag was the one that shot you. He, like, there, we didn't get anything else from the rest of the episode. So I think yeah. he doesn't, and I think he doesn't, I think he knows something weird is happening because he wasn't, he didn't even realize he had shot all those cops. So I think he's yeah. like, what the heck is going on? Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this show is giving us a lot to digest and a lot to think about. But um, you guys, let's, to sign out, where can we find y'all on social media and anywhere else, whatever you're working on, Adam? Hey, what's up guys? Uh, be sure to check me out, Horribly Hollywood Single, After Buzz original show on YouTube and Instagram, uh, or shoot me uh, emails if you ever have any bad dates you want discussed on the show, Horribly Hollywood Single at gmail.com. I'm Adam Carr, thanks so much. How about you, Brian? Yes, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at the Brian Santos, and catch me on After Buzz TV's Quarantine with the Stars. Tori. You guys can find me on Instagram at Toxic Model or on Twitter at Tori with two E's. And you can check me on some other panels and also some of our articles that are on AfterBuzzTV.com uh, and Black Hollywood Live. And just, you know, click around, see what tickles your fancy. Heck yeah. And Lyric, please tell us where we can find you, anything you're working on. Like, let us know what's going on. Where are you? Yeah, you, <laughs> um, you you'll find everything. All, all my social medias are at Lyric Cruz, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and I, you know, I keep my pages up to date with all the upcoming projects and cool stuff I'm working on. So sweet. I mean, yeah. And I'm, you can find me on Twitter as Cody underscore F and on Instagram where I'm a little more present as Cody F, C-O-D-Y-Y-E-P-P. -P. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching. Lyric, thank you so much for being with us tonight. This thank has been really me. cool and enlightening. Um, we look forward to seeing what's next. Yeah. And Thanks again, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.